Welcome to Learn Something New Every Day on Community Roundup. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are here with you the second Sunday of each month to share something new and exciting about the district. Thank you to Alpha Media for allowing us the opportunity to be a part of this show. Our segment is produced by my dedicated student interns in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson, our interns are Brianna Meza and Emily Martin. If you like what you hear, I will share information on how to hear a whole lot more by subscribing to our podcast at the end of this segment. Today, I am very pleased to welcome Palm Springs Unified CEO, our Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Mike Sweezy. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Joan. Great to be here. Great to have you here. So for those who have been living under a rock, because for as long as you've been here, they would have to be living under a rock to not know who you are. But tell us briefly, how long have you been with the district and in what capacities? Well, this is the conclusion of my 32nd school year with Palm Springs Unified. So I started as a teacher out in Desert Hot Springs over 30 years ago and then served as a principal a teacher on special assignment, a district office administrator as a coordinator and director, and then as assistant superintendent and now as superintendent, which I'm so proud to be able to continue to serve this great district. And it's been um, almost a year. Here we are April 10th. It's been almost a year since you officially took over as superintendent. It does feel like longer because um, you know, kudos to our former superintendent, Sandy Lyon, who um, announced her retirement fairly early so that it would give the board time to find just the right person to fill this spot and have a really smooth transition. And um, thankfully, it was you. So that tra transition started happening um, quite, you know, a good amount of time before Sandy actually left. So it feels like longer. But uh, officially, it's been a little less than a year. So give us a snapshot of what it's been like. Is it, is it what you expected? Well, first, let me say how much I do appreciate that our board um, valued the direction the district was headed in and made a decision to have an internal candidate as superintendent. I think that was very important at a very critical time for the district during the pandemic. Well, in regards to your question though, specifically what's the last year been like, I have to be honest, it has been very different than what I imagined. I worked so closely with Dr. Sandra Lyon and really felt like I had a good view of what the superintendent position entailed, but you know what, it's way more than I expected. I love it, I love it every single day. And as I said earlier, I couldn't be prouder than to be in this position to continue to serve. But I'll be honest with you, this is a big job. Well, you know, I, I was with you a couple months now um, in one of the classrooms at uh, one of our elementary schools. I think you were there uh, right after Kindness Week and went over to thank the kids for sending you personal notes to thank you for everything that you do. And uh, one of the kids asked you, what do you do when, you know, what do you like to do when you're, um, when you're not at work? 
And I think your answer was, I'm still the superintendent. And <laughs> that's pretty much it these days. And I can imagine, you know, like you say the buck stops here, the buck stops right where you are. And, you know, we, um, all of us, I, I'm one of the fortunate few who report directly to you. But the truth of the matter is, is that you work for the superintendent and all the rest of us work for you. And so um, that's a, that's a lot on your shoulders. It, it is. And again, I love every minute of it. Um, what makes it doable is that our entire team here in the district, over 2,500 employees, every single person is dedicated to doing their very best each day. And we're a district full of incredible people. I think part of what's different is, you know, we serve over 20,000 students in Palm Springs Unified. And I consider every one of those students and all of their family members part of the Palm Springs Unified family. So that means we could really be influencing and impacting 50, 60, 70,000 people here in the Coachella Valley. And uh, that's a unique opportunity. Even though I think we like to think of ourselves as a small district, we're actually one of the larger districts in California. I think we're in the top 50, top 55 out of a thousand districts in the state. So um, we really are a big district and we have a big job, but we have so many great people that make it all worthwhile. You, you brought up about, you know, that of course we have 20,000 kids and that stretches to, you know, 60 or 70,000 people because of their families. But you think about it too, the schools in the community and the school district in the community, it stretches even further than that because uh, people who live here, they could be retirees, but they're still, they, they feel a part of the school community. And, um, and you brought up about the, the family feel and, you know, I don't have anything to compare it to personally because um, this is 22 years. This is my first and only job in an educational system. But I felt that family feel uh, from the day I got here. And I know that that's part of the culture of education and being part of a school district. But I also know because of uh, conversations that I've had with colleagues and just you know, what you see in here, that it's even more so in our district. And, and we really, we truly are, it's not just lip service. We truly are, a, you know, 2,200 plus family. Um, and there's a couple of black sheep, there always are. But by and large, we, everybody cares about each other. And I think that that's what helps, that's what's helped us navigate through a very difficult time. And of course, having you in your chair and, um, and you being a part of this district for so long, your entire career um, has, uh, is also very extremely helpful. And you spent the 11 years before you became the superintendent as the assistant superintendent of educational services. And if there's any job that's close to the, um, you know, having the the world on your shoulders, the weight of the world on your shoulders, it's that position. 
Most definitely. Um, I, I just, I, I will echo everything that you said. I, I think the family feeling in this district goes beyond any one person. It certainly goes beyond the superintendent. I can think of many superintendents during my last 32 years, and each one was very different. And the district still maintained that really close feeling of family and the dedication to do whatever it takes to provide high quality services to our students and families. You also mentioned that, you know, we've, we're coming out of a very difficult time, and there's no doubt. I think I've always known and believed that public education is one of the most important things that our country does. However, during the pandemic, it became even more evident to me that we are an essential service. Our students and families rely on us for education, socialization, for safety, for food and health needs, both physical and mental health, um, as well as knowing that there are professionals who are checking in on students and families every single day, because that's what every person in this district does. And so I knew we did those things, but really to see how critical they were during the period of school closures just reinforced to me how fortunate we all are to work in such an incredible place and provide such a high quality service to our students and families. What, as you, as you look uh, uh, back on the past year and even before that, um, what do you, what are you most proud of, of, you know, what, let's put the pandemic aside for a minute. What, what are you most proud of overall in, um, in how we've moved forward over the past few years? I think that this district has always done a great job of combining two things. One, um, being very innovative and student outcome focused. So we always want to provide that high quality instruction in creative, innovative ways. And we've done it at the same time um, by being a very caring organization. So we're not so driven by student outcomes that we ignore the, the social emotional needs or the mental and physical health of our students and staff. And so being able to do both of those things, really to treat the whole child and the whole community member, that's something I'm very proud of. And from where I sit, and, and I know that this is apparent to everybody on our leadership team, what's amazed me, and not surprised me though, because um, I've been part of this team for a long time, is how uh, during the pandemic especially, Nobody paid any attention to what their job descriptions are. It was something needs to be done. And there were a lot of things that needs to be done that we never had to do before around distance learning and, and just um, cut, you know, when we had so many kids who were still in distance learning, even when we came back because their parents weren't ready to send them back. Everybody just said, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. And it doesn't matter that that's not what I, what I came here for. And, um, and it's just, that's the way it is here. Most definitely. In fact, I can think of so many examples, uh, so many examples that I'm afraid to mention even one because there yeah. were dozens. But really, Joan, what, what you're talking about, which I experienced and you and I experienced sitting side by side, was people saying, if that's the right thing to do, we will get it done. 
So asking them to do things they had never done before, that we had never even considered doing before. And the answer was, yes, we can do that. And people did. And as you said, people, we had people delivering meals who had never had anything to do with our nutrition services program. Uh, We had people preparing curriculum and delivering technology who had never had anything to do with our curriculum or technology. Everyone really stepped up. um, And I think we grew stronger. It it was a difficult time, but I think just as an overall organization, we grew stronger because we were all working side by side. And I mean, side by side, sometimes on Zoom, but also standing in parking lots, um, talking with parents, making sure they had the technology that they needed, that they had the food that they needed, they had medical care or counseling or mental health support that they needed. Um, So I I think we all have a lot to be proud of. No department shutdown. You know, I mean, like we had to do it. We had to deliver the services differently. And, you know, when it comes to mental, uh, mental health department, first of all, we're a school district that has a full mental health department. You don't find that in many places. Um, And you'll find that with Palm Springs Unified, there's a, there's a lot of innovation and, you know, pilot programs that go on here and we try it and some things work and some things don't, but we're not afraid to try it. And so, and that's always been um, very inspiring to me um, being a non-educator. I feel like I've become a pseudo-educator now, but um, that this district isn't afraid to take risks in the best interest of our kids. So I, I, it's, it's, it's great. Absolutely. You know, we, we got some interesting feedback the other day. We hired a new uh, management position, somebody that worked in a large district in San Bernardino County. And uh, when she came to the district, she said, in my other district, we always watched what Palm Springs Unified was doing. <laughs> and, and now I'm proud to be part of that Palm Springs team. So, Mike... What does everyone need to know about the start of the 22-23 school year? I know that um, one of the things is we're going to be changing our schedules a little bit. Can you tell us what that'll look like and why are we doing it? Yes, absolutely. So several years ago, there was some legislation passed here in California that said high schools could not start before 830 And that's a big change. Most high schools in California start much earlier than that. And there was some research and science behind our teenagers having a serious sleep deficit. And so this was an attempt to uh, help our older students, our high school age students, have a little bit later start. Next year, our middle schools and high schools will be starting at 845. That is a change. And our elementary schools will be starting at 745. And that is a change for those young learners as well. One of the factors that we really had to face in making this decision was the ongoing national uh, bus driver shortage. We really like to provide transportation here in Palm Springs Unified. And in order to do that effectively, we need to have at least an hour between our elementary start time and our secondary start time. And that's the reason we've had to move some of these times around in addition to the legislation. 
Well, certainly it will, it's going to be a change for everybody and, um, and families will have to make adjustments accordingly. I would think though, that maybe for a good number of our elementary parents, that this could be a good thing if they have to be at work at, you know, eight o'clock or eight 30. And before they were dropping their kids off way early and we had to make sure we had supervision for them and now maybe they'll be able to drop off their kids closer to the start of school. Yes, definitely. Um, I was an elementary principal over 20 years ago and even then our start time sometimes presented challenges for families uh, who were on their way to work. So we know it will be an adjustment for everyone and uh, we really hope that we're able to help families with that adjustment and know that in the long run, we'll be following the law and really doing what's best for our students. And we also hope that our high school kids actually do take advantage of that um, extra hour of sleep. But you know, with their busy schedules, we, we don't really know whether that's going to happen or not. We hope they will be able to get some more rest. Yes, we do. So we'll see. Um, we, we talked a lot about the the pandemic and you know how we've had to we had to pivot on a lot of things and of course the focus has been heavily on keeping our kids safe and at the same time making sure that they get the best educations possible and still in all we've still been um, doing some very important work that's separate from the pandemic and one of them being the formation of our anti-racism coalition and our work around equity and inclusion. Can you talk a little about that? Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Lyon, the former superintendent, she really brought together um, a very powerful team of people from all across the district who really just wanted to come together to say that Palm Springs Unified needed to be committed to be an anti-racist organization. And uh, that group of people really catapulted our district work in the area of equity. And I'm so honored again to be able to continue that work. We've made some significant changes in the district, even in just the last two years. And I'm looking forward to us really continuing to work on a deep level to continue to change the culture of Palm Springs Unified, to make sure that we are a positive place for all of our students, all of our staff members, and all of the families we serve. I, I've talked to you about this before, and I, I've, um, I, I probably have even mentioned it maybe with Ruby Rivera when we were talking about our equity conference. I'm not an official member of the, of the ARC committee, but I do um, come to the meetings and listen, and you, you've done, uh, and the committee has done a lot of work with our leadership team, and, um, and that the committee itself has grown. We've had, nobody put a gun to anybody's head and said, you need to show up, and yet there's more and more uh, teachers and, and classified staff members who attend those meetings, and the discussions are, some of them are uncomfortable because this is a topic that um, people don't really talk about. And when I'm talking about people, I'm talking about people who look like me, 
you know, like middle-class white people who say and, and really believe, well, I'm not racist. And then when you really dig in and you start asking yourself and each other those tough questions, you, we realize we're all kind of racist and we, because, because it's, it's a lack of education. It's a lack of knowledge about what you should say and what it means that words hurt, actions hurt, um, just a body language hurts when you don't even realize that, that you're, that you're offending people or you're excluding people. And I've learned so much as we're going through this work and look forward to more of it because we all, that's how we grow and that's how we become an anti-racist uh, school district. Absolutely. And, and thank you for sharing that personal example. And across our whole district, I think we have some many personal examples like that. We've asked all of our employees to really look and examine their own maybe unconscious biases. We have uh, trainers here in the district who provide a very high quality professional development around that topic. And um, it is definitely ongoing work. There's no doubt. Um, this is something that is very important to all of us. Our school board has provided great leadership and vision in this area. And uh, I'm just so looking forward to where we're going to be in the coming years. Me too. And so anything else, Mike, that uh, we have coming up and we're working on the LCAP plan right now, getting input from all of our stakeholders. Um, any other changes that we're gonna see in programs personnel uh, for the coming school year? Well, one thing I will add, I know um, many families are anxiously awaiting announcements about summer school and summer learning opportunities. And I just want to assure everyone, we are working on those. Um, we have many teachers who are interested in providing high quality summer programs. And so we'll be offering those this summer. But I just want to reassure all families and students that the most important thing that you can do is come to school every day, fully engaged and fully present to take advantage of all of the things that we're offering to you. Many families are concerned that their students may have fallen behind during the period of the school closures during the pandemic. And I just want to assure people, the very best thing you can do to support your child's learning is have them coming to school every day during our regular school year, and that is August through June. That's the most important thing. And while we will have summer offerings and we encourage you to take advantage of those, please don't feel as though your students need to go to school 12 months all year round to catch up. I assure you we have great teachers, great classified staff members, amazing administrators, and they're all working every single day to give your children what they need to master those challenging grade level standards. And the academics are certainly, you know, that's what we're here for, educating kids. But yeah, we touched upon it a little bit earlier about the, the other um, aspects of the whole child, like including their social, emotional, and mental health um, you know, they're, what's the word I'm looking for? 
their that that those parts of their person in addition right. to providing the academics talk a little bit about um what we are providing in those areas and um maybe even bolstering that now coming back from the pandemic absolutely uh just to, to reinforce what you've said we knew our students missed each other missed their teacher and missed being in school but i think what we underestimated was how important it is for children's development for them to be in groups of other children playing on the playground at recess talking to their friends at lunch um, that's very important and our students did miss that during the school closures so we've asked all of our teachers to focus on relationship building, to provide social emotional learning lessons in their classroom. And then of course, as, as we've already mentioned, we do have a very incredible staff of mental health professionals, of counselors, of prevention specialists, social workers, community liaisons, and all of them are there to really support students and families. Um, but again, we're making sure that we're not just focused on academics, but we're also focused on that whole child development. And several of our schools have, um, well, what are they called? Wellness centers. Thank you. That's what I thought, but then I was thinking, yeah, that's not right. And I think the goal is that we get a wellness center on every campus. And even the ones that don't have them yet, they still have the components. Definitely. That whole self-regulation, having calming spaces, teaching our students and staff uh, where to go when they need help, uh, what to seek within when they need to be calmed or they need to be reassured. Those are also things that we're teaching. And again, in partnership with our foundation, we've been able to furnish many wellness centers across the district. And as you said, our goal is to have one at every school. All right. Well, in our last couple of minutes, Mike, as, uh, I'm going to make the leap that this is this was your first stop in your career, and it's going to probably be your last one. And we're we're hoping that that's the case. But um, and I hope it's not for many years from now. But as you reflect back on your career, is there is there anything that you would have changed um, to as to what you did and how you got in the seat you're in now? And then. Also, what legacy would you like to leave behind after your retirement? Well, thank you for asking that. And sometimes it's embarrassing to admit, but I've said it to you a number of times before. When I started here as a teacher, again, 32 years ago, I wanted to be the superintendent in this district. And it's not that everything I was doing was headed in that direction. I just somehow knew this was a place I wanted to spend a long time. I love this community. I love the family that I work with. And uh, I, I really wanted to continue to serve in any role and hopefully as the superintendent. Now that I'm in the position, similar to what I mentioned earlier, um, I think the things that have become the most important to me aren't just the innovation or the student academic achievement or the creative programming that we provide every single day for our students. It's really that we are good people, that people in this district are kind, they take care of one another, they have great respect for one another, they know that we're here to serve the community 
and they've dedicated their lives to do that. That's the thing that makes me the most proud. Um, and that's how I would like to be remembered, really as someone who dedicated his life to this district and made decisions that were in the best interests of our students, staff, and families, and did the difficult things in a kind way. So, Mike, I don't think you have to worry about that, because I think that you're still here and you've already left that legacy. So um, that we're lucky to have you in the seat that you're in and that you're um, leading us through the great times and the not so great times. And um, uh, we're grateful for a, a board of education that supports our administration and trusts the the, the recommendation and the decisions that you and, and the team make, and that we have parents that also trust the Board of Education and all of us. So Mike, thank you for everything that you do. We'll have you back really soon for an update. Great, thanks Joan. A new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks Brianna and Emily. Thanks again, Dr. Sweezy, and we will see you next week.